Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. This is my top five episodes from Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, a show, an anthology show on Netflix. There are... I want to say eight episodes available through that, the first season of the show, and I loved it. I absolutely loved all of the episodes that are available. Um, it is so good. The level of stories and and the budgets that each of these episodes had and the, the directors involved, absolutely amazing. Of course, anth- horror anthology series, uh, created by Guillermo del Toro, who is a well-known horror director, I'm sure, as everyone knows. And this features a lot of prominent up-and-coming horror directors, such as Vincenzo Natali, uh, David Pryor, and Panos Cosmatos, uh, as uh, just a few to be named out of all of these episodes. So this is my top five episodes from that anthology series. Let's get it started, shall we, with my fifth favorite episode from Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. This one was episode six, Dreams in the Witch House. This is a a story that has a Harry Potter type of a vibe. It also has a Harry Potter character or actor, uh, Rupert Grint, who uh, was, uh, you know, great, obviously, in the Harry Potter series. Uh, But this one, it is about these twins. Uh, One of the twins dies. The sister dies and the brother is there. He sees her ghost and her ghost gets taken into the bushes and he spends his life trying to investigate the uh, paranormal trying to investigate ghosts and things trying to find out what happened to his sister and on his search finds a substance a drug of sorts that allows him to transport into the afterlife uh, into the forest of souls in which he finds his daughter, his daughter, his sister, his twin sister. And uh, it's a great, it's kind of, it definitely has that Harry Potter vibe, but very dark, definitely a lot darker. Uh, And uh, great performances. There's a rat with a human head. There's a witch that's like a tree that, that like she uproots herself. There's uh, these uh, special powers that they have uh, that is unique to twins and uh, a fun story, kind of great. I enjoy Harry Potter, and I enjoy Rupert Grint. There was another show, a Netflix show, that I think was canceled but was fun, where you, like, pretend to have cancer in order to get the day off from work, and then it kind of snowballed into a whole uh, situation. A fun show. I don't remember what it was called, but I enjoyed it. Rupert Grint. And uh, was pleasantly surprised to see him in this. Uh, So that coming in at number five is episode six, Dreams in the Witch House. Moving on to my fourth favorite episode from Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. This is the first episode, Lot 36. 
Uh, this is a great episode with God. Who was the actor in that? I should have wrote it down, but uh, really great. Tim Blake Nelson. Uh, he's worked with the Fair, not the Fairly, the Cohen Brothers a bunch. Uh, but uh, he plays a guy, a right-wing conservative guy who listens to right-wing conservative radio and has a lot of right-wing conservative ideals about people that are not white. And he is a guy who bids on storage containers that are auctioned off, right? And he's got he's friends with one of the guys who runs a storage place and uh, who gives them like the heads up on stuff. And uh, so an interesting type of story. He bids and wins the bid on a storage container, Lot 36 specifically. And uh, the person who owns it, or at least was in charge of paying it, shows up. She is Hispanic. And, uh, of course, this guy is like, sorry, sorry, lady. Why don't you go kick rocks? And in the storage container, he finds some old antiques, which he is uh, given a special name that kind of deals in these things. And he finds out that one of the antiques is a seance table. And inside the seance table are these old books. And uh, they bring somebody else in to kind of uh, appraise what he's found. And he's like, well, all of this is very valuable but if you had the fourth book to complete the set then that would be worth like a quarter of a million dollars so he's like okay it's got to be in there somewhere let's go so he goes back with this guy and uh, they go in searching for this fourth book and in that searching find a like a hidden like a, a fake wall where the storage container goes back even farther and finds this book in like this area where like sacrifices happen there's like this it's like clearly a place where this one guy knows the who's appraising thing knows the danger that they are in and knows the power of these books and then you have this this guy who only cares about money and doesn't care about anything else doesn't doesn't uh, take doesn't heed any warnings whatsoever and in that unleashes this this insane looking monster that has like a torso it's like how medusa had a head of like her hair was snakes like imagine like a almost like a uh, half person from the waist down and then from the waist up is just a mishmash of giant snakes that come out of the the top end of this this monster um, and as he's running to escape, uh, the, the old, the woman that he's screwed over is there. And, uh, let's just say probably should have been nicer, probably should have been nicer, but uh, a great start to this, this series to that one. One, it shows the, the, the production, the budgets that they're working with. All of these stories are self-contained, which is one of the aspects of anthology series that can hurt it, right? Especially, there's been a lot of anthology series I've watched recently where it just feels like they weren't able to flesh out an entire story in just one episode, where they feel kind of lacking. Uh, where all of these feel very complete, uh, they're all like around an hour long each episode, each one of these short stories, uh, and it's great. So number four is episode one, Lot 
36. Let's take a little break from the show to promote gift certificates. If you want to purchase artwork for somebody, you have an art lover in your life and you think they would like my art, but you don't know what painting to get them. I have over 2,000 original pieces of art for sale in my store along with shirts and prints and other things. So I can understand that being a bit daunting if you're trying to buy something for somebody else. Give them the gift certificate and then they can go to my website, inspireddisorder.com, and they can buy whatever paintings they want. They can buy whatever prints they want. They can buy t-shirts. They can buy hats. They can buy all the different merch. Gift certificates, which are available currently at inspireddisorder.com. And now let's get back to the show. Moving on to my third favorite episode from Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh, This one is... I would say this is probably one that would be on the top of most people's list. I would say this is the best made story. Just not my favorite, right? There's there's ones I enjoyed more than this, but I think overall, like, these top three are, like, home runs, I would say, completely. So coming in at number three is episode number three. The Autopsy. Uh, this episode feels kind of like a uh, X-Files type of a, a story where, like, this guy is investigating this weird thing that happened where it's there's a, there was an explosion with this, like, weird device that was found, and they're, he's going in to do an autopsy to see what actually caused all of these things to happen. And during the in the autopsy uncovers that there's kind of a alien type of a presence. There is a kind of a body snatcher type of a a thing that's going on. And in what in the takeover of this alien species, this guy who's performing the autopsy, which has in it the autopsy, amazing practical effects. Uh, which I really enjoyed that aspect of how like gruesome and real the autopsy felt. Um, But also the way it ends where he's trying to outsmart this alien race that's existed, snatching bodies and just kind of utilizing humans in a way uh, to further their, their needs and desires. He's able in some ways to trick it and how he does that is beautiful. Like the writing is amazing, the practical effects are great, the the end very gruesome. How he's able to kind of trick this alien species is amazing. I don't really want to spoil it, but it's great. Right? It kind of takes a while for it to get going, but once he starts doing the autopsies, it really it, the rubber hits the road and it's really great. And I should probably be pulling up the directors of these, huh? Let's start with uh, the first one. Right, number six, Dreams in Witch House. Uh, that one is directed by Catherine Hardwicky. Then my sec, my number four is Lot Thirty Six, which is directed by uh, Guillermo Navarro, who is a cinematographer that Guillermo del Toro has worked with a lot. Uh, then episode three, The Autopsy, is directed by. David Pryor. So I'm going to try and remember to do that for the last two. But uh, yeah, number three, the autopsy. So great. Just like amazing. Amazing. 
Like, I could easily have had this at number one. There was just two other ones that really got me that I really enjoyed even more. But this one, well made. Every aspect of it, so great. Coming in at number three of my top five Guillermo del Toro Cabinet of Curiosities is The Autopsy. Moving on to my second favorite episode from Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. This is one that has actors that I absolutely love. This one is shot in a way that I absolutely loved. Uh, it is a story that's got humor in it. It's got it's crazy. It's it's uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was my number one for a while. Like first lot 36 was my number one, obviously the first one, but it held out at that first spot for a while. And then the autopsy took over at number one. And then once I watched this one, I was like, oh, this is a clear number one. Like I loved it from the moment I saw the actors involved and just the style, very interesting style, the way it was shot. Uh, I instantly had to put it at number one, although it is now at number two. So it got dethroned, but coming in at number two, is episode four the outside this one is directed by anna lily amiapur uh the actors i'm talking about are kate micucci hilarious comedian also great actor in a lot of different things martin Starr, obviously great in uh the hbo show silicon valley uh great from the the freaks and geeks show from back in the day Martin Starr, they play a married couple in, like, the Midwest somewhere. And uh, this, this episode shot crazy wide angle, works to great effect. Kate Micucci plays this woman who works at a bank, and she is, like, the odd one out at the bank. She is the black sheep of the bank where everybody else... All the other women that work there are all like high maintenance type of women. And she, Kate Micucci's character, she's into she's into um, taxidermy. This also takes place during Christmas time, which is great as well. A little bit different vibe for a, a horror story. Um, but she's into taxidermy. She gets invited to a party and she decides to make a gift. She goes out and shoots a duck and then stuffs it and does everything. Beautiful work all throughout her house are all these stuffed animals that she's taxidermied over the years. Also, the idea of taxidermy plays into uh, this this horror story as well. But she goes to this party. She's definitely the outsider. She's trying to fit in with these people that she is a complete alien to. And she goes, and everybody that shows up gets these gifts of these products, these beauty products that they all use and they all love. And she's like, okay, I guess I'll try it, this lotion stuff. She puts it on. Of course, the gift she brings is completely not, not appreciated whatsoever. But she gets this cream. She's desperate to fit in. And this cream gives her these, like, crazy rashes. Right. Instantly, everybody sees, oh, your skin's turning red. She ends up going home. She's got these rashes. She's constantly itching. It even gets worse. She watches this infomercial. She starts talking to the infomercial. It's it's kind of similar in a lot of ways to Requiem for a Dream, where she's like losing it, talking to the TV that thinks the TV's talking to her. And she gets under the impression that it's like, oh, she just needs to use more of this cream. 
So she orders another box of it from this infomercial, and she's just using more and more of it. And her husband's like, Martin Starr is like, what are you doing? This is not working. This is horrible. I like the way you are. You don't need to change. And she's just so desperate to fit in. That's all she cares about. And she thinks that something's wrong with him because he thinks that she doesn't need to change, right? So great, right? All the while with this crazy wide-angle lens, this fisheye lens that just distorts everything, makes everything feel like even more uncomfortable. So crazy. And then the lotion becomes sentient on some ways, on some levels. How it ends, right? How it ends with her just completely losing touch. Her husband's like a cop, by the way. And the things she does to her husband, right? There are three things that happen, right? I don't want to spoil it necessarily because I love this. This is like, uh, this is like, could have been my number one. Like on any given day, I could have had this at number one and have my number one at number two. So great. What she does to her husband because she is so determined to change and so determined to fit in with these girls at the bank and not no longer be an outsider, right? It's brutal. And her skills as a taxidermist, let's just say, play into uh, what she's able to do. And it's just one of those great, like, descent into madness things, right, where she's just going crazy. And even after her transformation, right, there's this crazy, like, moment where she's, like, the lotion person and she, like, just bathes in this lotion. And then there's this transformation. And then even when she gets what she wants, right, she achieves her goal. It is, like, so clear how just gone she is. So great. Kate Micucci is amazing in this. Martin Starr is great in this. I loved this story so much. And I, like, seriously, the how it's filmed and every aspect of it, I'm excited to see what Anna Lily uh, Amiapour does uh, after this. What else has she done? She's done The Bad Batch, which I've never gotten around to watching. But after seeing this, I got I to gotta try and watch that again. She's also done A Little Suicide, which is a movie she directed, and then A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Only three movies. Uh, I got to check out her stuff because I absolutely love this. I loved how it was filmed. I love the performances and, of course, the actors that she worked with. So coming in at number two is episode four, The Outside. Let's take a little break from the show to promote the many faces. That's right. I am also an artist. I do ink paintings on paper of abstract faces. A new face, a new painting gets released every single day over at InspiredDisorder.com. So head on over to my website to purchase original artwork directly from the artist. Also, there are prints available for select images head on over to inspiredisorder.com buy original art buy prints if that's your jam if you want eight by ten prints on high quality paper also if you're looking to wear some art there are shirts available with original artwork by myself select faces from the many faces are also available in t-shirt form you go to inspiredisorder.com you buy original artwork you buy prints you buy shirts you're supporting an artist directly. And if you're the type of person that likes to invest in NFTs, 
there are also NFTs available for select faces. Go to InspiredDisorder.com now. And now let's get back to the show. Moving on to my favorite episode from Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosity, my absolute favorite episode. This is an episode that I heard, I saw people online talking about how it's visually amazing and it's got like whatever, whatever. And I just watched the outside. I was like blown away watching the outside. I was like, what? I got to check this episode out. I can't wait to watch the rest of them. And uh, once I did, I was like, man, this is like, like so artistically done and so well done. And the horror part of it, the story part, so simple, so minimal. And so much of it is definitely a vibe and an aesthetic. The, it's like visually by far the most amazing thing I've seen. Like there's so many scenes of this movie that are just gorgeous, gorgeous. And such like a specific style, a specific type of a vintage style to this entire episode. So coming in at number one is episode seven, The Viewing. This episode also has a bunch of actors I love, too. Uh, so it has 70s aesthetic so much, like whether you call it a lens flare. It's basically so many of these scenes, the color, the the saturation, the light. Every time there's lights, it's like smeared across the screen. Uh, this director is Panos Cosmatos. The guy who directed Mandy makes me want to go back and not only watch Mandy, but watch other things he's done, which I remember Mandy having that very vintage kind of a feel and aesthetic to it. Definitely brings that same thing here. Um, the look is amazing. The aesthetic of how everything's shot, the way the lighting, the lights in every, in every scene are just smeared across the screen, right? This, these like um, insane lens flares, but it's like, it paints the screen in such a way that's absolutely beautiful. You also have actors that I love, Steve Agee, Eric Andre, uh, Charlene Yee. Huge fan of all three of them. They are basically, the premise of this story is there's this super rich guy who's invited these people who they all meet in a parking garage and come to the the idea that the the only thing that relates all of them is that they were all at one point a guest on a late night talk show right they're all different though right charlene she's playing a scientist you have steve agee as an author you have eric andre is like this famous music producer uh there's this other guy who's like a uh, psychic really big in the psychic community so these are like pillars of their industries all being brought together like the biggest minds in their industries also there's a doctor that's supposed to be amazing and then there's this wealthy guy that brings them all together and just the trip to their house the this van that they're all in as they're going is crazy once they get there the house is insane there's the the living there the the place i don't know if it's a living room but it's this place where they meet has like that sunken in kind of circular couch situation with a giant like metallic 
like chandelier above them, this giant light fixture above them, just insane. That had this like there's so many great shots from inside this insane like modern like post mid-century modern type of a, a look like but it's just smeared with cocaine everywhere smeared vaseline everywhere like it's just it, it it's in the mood and the tone and the aesthetic nailed it and he like brought all these people together this like ultra wealthy guy who like just like permanently hired a music producer to make music for his house only like music you can't buy anywhere that's produced just specifically to set the mood of his house that's on like a little play board just like just insane levels of money right this doctor like he just he just brings people he just collects people and then just pays them to exist for his his own pleasure and he brought them all there to view something they're there for a viewing and the thing that they view, right, and this is after they meet and they kind of, like, get to know each other a little bit. And they, like, when they show up, they all have their exact favorite drink, like, the exact drink ex made exactly to their perfect specifications, the drink that nobody knows, but it's their, their number one drink. It's all sitting on the table ready for them to go. Even Eric Andre's favorite, like, Cig cigarettes that are super like hard to find imported whatever whatever like this guy did all of his research knows everything about all these people and has everything for them uh so they all have like their drink of choice some is alcohol some is not uh they pass around a joint they're all smoking weed uh and then this doctor, she brings out this cocaine. It's like the purest cocaine. And then she sprinkles on this extra fairy dust that is something that she made in her lab or whatever. And they're all doing lines of this stuff. So they're all like, in his mind, getting prepped to be on the same wavelength to participate in this viewing, right? So they do this. It's like crazy. What's going on? Nobody knows what's going on as a viewer. You're like, I don't know what's going on, but this guy's crazy, right? He's like ultra wealthy like he could buy and sell continents if he wanted to they go into this viewing and it's like this asteroid thing this giant rock but it's like symmetrical and it's like it's crazy rock and the scientist is like asking all these thinking of all these tests that she would run on this thing that they've already run and it's like all of the information that came back from running all this test is like this is like a crazy unique thing that's never existed anywhere doesn't make any sense and they've all been brought there to look at it and make sense of it and while they're there eric andre brings in a joint smokes the joint and the guy's like or smokes a cigarette and he's like oh there's no smoking in the viewing room right and eric john sorry 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 and then later he brings out a joint and he smokes it and he's like i i said very odd. You can't be smoking in this. And you see the smoke from his joint get sucked into this meteor. And then because of that, it starts to morph. And then things go crazy, right? There's no real plot to this thing, really. This really feels like, like just like an insane moment, Right, this thing morphing out. You see the the horns of this thing. You see on the poster, 
they're like fluid they're not like rigid horns they're just like floating up like like one of those wacky wild inflatable car salesman things that you see out in front of car dealerships but in slow motion these like little wavy horns and then this crazy noise happens and then it's like people's heads are exploding people's faces are melting people are freaking the fuck out as this like rock is morphing into like a demon thing and charlene yi and and eric andre's character get out book it get in a car and just drive and it's just them drugged up like crazy just saw people's heads exploding saw this devil coming out of a rock and they're freaking out and then you see like this demon thing walk out and get into the city right that's all that happens in this right but when you watch it the vibe of this story the aesthetic of it everything is amazing like it was and just so gorgeous right like it's just it's weird like you it's an experience watching it right i almost wish i i got to watch that that in a theater just how gorgeous it is and just like the it's just a weird vibe it's like a weird trip watching it so that's why it's a number one that's why it's my favorite just absolutely gorgeous and insane and you know getting to watch people's heads explode or melt i mean you want to you know th throw back to like george romero movies or like uh indiana jones and the temple of doom not temple of doom ark uh, uh, raiders of the lost ark face melting right it's it's rare that you get some good head exploding and face melting right and then freaked out people stealing like a, a ferrari and just driving away <laughs> as fast as they can uh it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it you know just very simple but like aesthetically man if that like i would love to see panos cosmatos matched up with just a slightly better script right because it's not as much of a story as it is an experience but either way it's at my number one uh the viewing episode seven the viewing so one more time <clears throat> This is my top five episodes from Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosity. Starting off with number five is Dreams in the Witch House. Number four is Lot 36. Number three is The Autopsy. Number two is The Outside. And number one, my favorite episode from Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities is The Viewing. Let me know how you would rank the different episodes of this anthology series. I absolutely loved it. I hope they keep doing more. It is very much like something instantly as high quality as like a Black Mirror, but completely different, right? Not dealing with technology like Black Mirror does, uh, just straight up like little horror stories. I loved it especially out of anthology it's like it's it's kind of tough for anthologies to to hit and this one hit i gotta say uh so yeah definitely let me know how you would rank the episodes um the ones that didn't make the list like the last one kind of like a descent into madness kind of haunting house type of thing the murmuring about the bird watchers interesting i just it just didn't didn't it didn't do anything interesting or new enough uh, that got me into it. Uh, Pickman's model did not like it. 
there's something there's a few horror movies that do that where it's like artwork comes to life and it's i don't know it's uh, anything about artists is like kind of it's kind of hit or miss for me uh graveyard rats was pretty good kind of has the rous's from princess bride rodents of unusual size show up pretty interesting claustrophobic when he gets caught in the tunnels that was a that was definitely a number six i would say uh but yeah overall i really enjoyed it i enjoyed all of them even the ones that didn't make the list but uh uh, a lot of fun so let me know how you'd rate them hit me up on social media or hit me up with the comments New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.